0: I am Sarah-Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello friends, happy Thursday. I hope your day is treating you well and welcome back to the podcast. If you're new here, I'm Sarah Jane Case and this is Enneagram and Coffee. We talk all things Enneagram, self-care, personal growth, and creativity and I'm so happy that you are here. Y'all, I did a workout yesterday that killed me. It was like that TikTok trend where they, it's like a, was it 3, 12, 30 or something like that? That's probably completely wrong. I don't even have TikTok. It's just, it's TikTok that's been shared to Pinterest, which got to my brain, and then I ruined it and told you about it on the podcast. That's what's happened. But essentially, (laughs) it's a workout where you set the incline to the treadmill at 12, and you go at the speed of three, and you do this for 30 minutes. And I don't know what you are doing at home. Like, if you go to the gym and you have a workout that you can do in a reasonable amount of time, will you tell me? Because I'm trying to figure this out. I haven't been to the gym since 2019. And I had, you know, you guys have been here a while. You know I had, like, lung issues. So I'm trying to, like, build up my endurance again. And it's a blast. But I have not been able to figure this workout thing out. Like, I feel like I could spend two and a half hours at the gym just to get it in or I would have to go every single day and I just can't make the math math for me because I don't know how people are doing that like how are you working a full day's work cooking dinner washing dishes cleaning your house and working out like I know we're not all doing all of this and I've I gotta figure out what's gonna go because I it can't be the workouts but I don't want it to be anything else. Someone's got to give, but, or I've got to figure out how to do these workouts in 30 minutes. And I used to be able to do that. I used to go to Planet Fitness back in the day. We, We don't really have one here, like convenient to me, but they did like the circuit workout. And I felt like it was like the perfect 30 minute full body workout. And I loved it. And I just need something like that here but all of that to say I did the incline thing yesterday and I well I did what I could do of it I thought this is gonna be so easy you're walking for 30 minutes like easy peasy but that that incline of 12 is so intense y'all like it's like you're walking up a mountain And so I had to alternate, which I'm so happy with having done. Like I would just do a lower incline. I would do like three and then I would do that for like five minutes and then I would do the 12 for three minutes and then I would just go back, went back and forth for the 30 minutes and that felt great to me. I think it's a really good way for me to build up that endurance, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure it out <laughs> normally what i do and this has worked so well for me is i go i do 20 minutes on the treadmill and then i do either arms or legs um yesterday i had very little time i worked like a 10 hour day yesterday like a fool that is not the vibe that is not how we're going into 2023 not cool but you know it's what i did so whatever. But I, it was like, I have 30 minutes. If I can just get a good 30 minute workout in, I'll have time to like get a bath, have dinner, feel good. And, um, so I just did that. I I need support. It takes me minimum an hour to just go do that little routine I told you about. And I'm only targeting like one muscle group uh, once a week. Cause if I do go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I can do legs on Monday, arms on Wednesday, abs and back and butt on Friday. And then that's only working them once a week, which is like not what they say to do. Anyway, I am figuring it out, you know, as you can, as you can hear. So if you have a really good routine, please let me know, send it to me on Instagram, I wanna know. But that's not at all what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about how to be yourself. For many of us, and I would suspect that you and I are in this boat together just because you are here listening to this podcast, we spend our lives seeking out who we are and how to express that to the world or fix it or heal it or understand it. And many of us have dedicated our life to the art of figuring that out and then helping others to do the same. But the concept is so much more complicated than we tend to make it. Like we For many, the phrase be yourself can be quite a pain point. Like, what does that even mean? What if I don't have a true self? What if I can't find myself? It can be so much more painful and complicated than that simple phrase, just be yourself, tends to make it. So today, I want to tackle the element of self. What does it even mean to be who we are? How can we know who we are? And how can we start to... You know make ourselves aligned into one true self instead of like who we present to the world who we feel like we're supposed to be and then who we truly are so in order to have this conversation i think we need to discuss the different elements of self personally i'm a fan of person-centered therapy which essentially means that all people have the potential to solve their own problems without direct intervention and it talks about Um, having a sense of who you are. Carl Rogers is one of the forefathers of humanistic psychology, and he believed that in order to do this, people needed to be fully honest with themselves while therapists held that compassionate space for them. In fact, he thought that a fundamental function of the counselor was to facilitate the personal discovery of the client, which is why he developed Rogers' conception of self, aka self concept. So, Essentially, it's three parts of self, perceived self, so how the person sees themselves and how others see them, then real self, like who the person really is, and ideal self, how the person would like to be. Rogers believed that low self-esteem exists because there's an incongruence with these three selves. He's actually famous for asking the question so you find it hard to believe that they would love and accept you if they knew who you really were right we all know that pain point of if they just knew the truth of who i am then they wouldn't love me they wouldn't accept me or i won't be good enough or what if i'm an imposter and depending on maybe our personality type or enneagram type this can take on different forms but that incongruence with who we think we're supposed to be, how people perceive us and who we really are can be really painful. So how do we get to know who we are and find a congruence between these three? So our perceived self, we need to get in tune with how do people perceive us? How do we project ourselves? And then how do we hope to be perceived? How are we acting so that we're perceived the way we intend? So. You might want to ask friends and family members, you know, how do they see you? Ask yourself how you feel you are perceived, how you wish you were perceived, and consider also your identity, you know, your race, your background, your culture, and how those things fit together. Isn't it so nice those days where you just? feel like your best self you have a green juice you go for your like morning movement maybe you do yoga maybe you go for a walk you meditate you like do all the right things to feel the way you want to feel when you're at your best you can do amazing things but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the ways that you want to Maybe you show up in all the ways that you want to and it still feels off. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you are more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. I've talked about this before. Therapy is the highlight of my week every week. I look forward to just having that time where someone is supporting me, someone's hearing me. I am someone who does not ask for help, and just having someone who I know is there for me, that's what they're paid for, that's what they're trained for, and I don't have to fear like being selfish or taking up too much of their time because the parameters have been laid out. It's really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma, it's for everyone. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a really great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you wanna live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com/egram today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp h e l p.com/egram. Thank you betterhelp for supporting the podcast. And then to understand your real self, it's who are you when you're alone, right? Who are you when there are no consequences for your behavior? What do you like? What brings you joy? What makes you sad? For me, a lot of my real self, I'm having to come to grips with the triggers that I have in my life and how I respond to those triggers. And maybe that doesn't align with how I would like to respond, but it is how I do respond. And then we have our ideal self, right? Who do we want to be? What are our values? What do we imagine our future self is going to be like? So a few little practices you can do to start this conversation with yourself. First is just ask yourself good questions, and I think you should do this every day. I really like the practice of morning pages. I got this from The Artist Way, and you just free write every morning for three pages. And I typically like to ask myself questions in that time. I'll free write, but I'll also explore, you know, asking the question, who am I truly? And then just giving myself time to explore that on page. Maybe you're not a journaler and it would be helpful to just record a voice memo, talk out loud to yourself. Sometimes writing with pen doesn't work for people, but typing it works or sometimes talking it out works. But either way, have a conversation with yourself every day. Number two, write down your negative self-talk and examine it. A lot of times we hear the advice, ignore your negative self-talk, just plug your ears and go la 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 la, la. it's not happening. And that's, I don't think, super helpful. I think what's more helpful is to go, whoa, why did I say that to myself? Where is that coming from? What is this inner critic trying to protect me from? Maybe it's trying to protect me from perceived embarrassment. Um, where did I learn that this could be a, a situation that would embarrass me? Is that from like my mom maybe, my grandma? Um, where did I learn to worry about this thing? And we've talked about this before, but just in case you're new here, a long time ago, oh, gosh, probably like 10 years ago at this point, I did a self-portrait series called the Insecurity Series, and I photographed my insecurities and i wrote about them and through the process i realized every insecurity i had i had caught like a virus from someone in my life whether it was something they criticized about me something they criticized about themselves or something they criticized about someone else i took it on and said okay now this is something to be concerned about and so when i started to dig in and really understand where did this insecurity come from i was more so able to move through it because i realized this didn't even belong to me right this was never mine to carry it was always meant to be just something that someone that was always someone else's and so if we can really notice our negative self-talk explore it then it's no longer gonna hold the same power over us so that's number two number three spend time alone and i encourage you to do this especially out of your house because you need to put yourself in new situations by yourself and see how you respond. I'm a big fan of traveling alone. I'm a big fan, if you're not like in the space to do that, maybe you go out to dinner alone, go to a movie alone. Just notice who you are when there is no one else around. What decisions do you make? Where do you go to eat? What do you like to do when there is no one who's impacted by those decisions? Number four, honor your true self without shame. So if your true self, perceived self, and ideal self are out of alignment, be gentle and accepting toward your private self. Because the path to your ideal self comes through curiosity with your real self. I'm going to be really vulnerable on this one and talk about something that I have gone through. In the past and that is jealousy Um, having moments of jealousy which felt so out of alignment with how I see myself how I would like to be perceived what my ideal self is and having this sense of like being triggered and noticing like whoa I'm I feeling jealous I'm feeling threatened and then my ideal self is the kind of person who's like not threatened by other people, who's just like always supportive of other women, who like loves other women, right? That's my ideal self. But my true self was being really triggered. And through loving that ideal self, like if I had taken this this stance of this real self, this jealousy is is bad, it's wrong, shameful, embarrassing, it's you know, in which I have, to, you know, I've been there, but um when more so change occurs when I pour love into that space, because I'm building up my confidence, I'm building up my sense of safety and my awareness that like, okay, no matter what happens, like we're okay. And through that, I'm more so able to access my ideal self because I'm being kind and curious and gentle with the truth of who I am. And I'm I'm being honest about the truth of who I am. Like, you know, maybe in this time of my life, like jealousy was part of me at that time and I knew it wouldn't always be, I didn't want it to always be, but at that time it was. And if I, the more I love I can pull in, the more acceptance I can pour in, then the more awareness I can bring to it without fear or judgment or shame. So explore those incongruencies with love, The other thing to do with this, like your ideal self, right? Exploring those like incongruencies with your real self and your ideal self, ask yourself, what are your values? And really define your ideal self. And then make sure it's not who you think you're supposed to be, but who you want to be. There's a very big difference in not wanting to be jealous because I want to be a cool girl (laughs) whose, you know, boyfriend thinks she's like, chill and therefore will like me more. That is not the same thing as wanting to not be jealous because I value that, because I want to live in peace, because I want to pour love out toward other women, or because that's a value set of mine, because that level of safety in relationship is important to me. Those are two very different things. So when you're looking at your values, when you're identifying your ideal self, I encourage you to not ideal, not focus on who you think you're supposed to be because of how others will see you because that's perceived self. Instead, focus more on who do you wanna be? What do you value? Where would you like to grow? And then do the same for perceived self. How is it that you show up to the world differently than who you are in private? What does that even look like? Where is that misalignment? And if I were to write you a prescription for how to move forward, right? I have listed these things that you can do, these things you can explore, but if I were like step one, step two, step three, it would look like this. Step one, full acceptance of your true self. Who you are in private, who you are when you're not perfecting, you're not refining, you're not fixing, who you are when no one else is watching, Making sure that that being gets to be fully loved and accepted exactly where they are. No fixing, no changing, no growing. Like, full acceptance, full love, no shame. Number two, then start aligning your real self with your perceived self. This becomes a lot easier when that real self feels loved. Because if you start to accept your real self as good enough, well, then you can start to more easily allow that to be seen because you trust that when it's seen, it's worthy of love. So if the people who you engage with don't accept you, don't love you for that, they are not the right people. It's not that you need to change, it's that maybe your surroundings need to change. So step two, then start to align your real self with your perceived self. You know, Get as close as you can to those two things being congruent. And then finally number three take steps toward your ideal self right so i want an ideal situation for you to be fully loved and accepted exactly as you are by yourself then to feel comfortable being fully authentic with who you are with the people around you and then you get to work on personal growth then from there it's time to start improving making adjustments and changing In my first book, The Honest Enneagram, I talk about this, like the honest method, it starts with honoring your strengths because I want you to build that safety net of being good as you are, being okay as you are, believing that you are innately good and innately worthy. And then we can start fixing, we can start improving. Like we all have areas of growth, but I think we have to build that safety and then we have to build that alignment and then we can start to make those improvements. And I am not saying that self-confidence is going to be solved in step one. It will not. And according to Roger's theory, it won't because congruence is a major part of self-esteem. So your journey towards self-esteem is going to be in bringing these things into alignment. I know for me, like I get really insecure. I get much more insecure when... My ideal self, like when I'm not living in my values. Living in my values is a major confidence booster to me. So, um, which is like what I found when I started to allow myself to not feel jealous and I started working through those things. My confidence shot up, right? And it's not because I was good or I was fixed, but it's because I was in alignment with how I wanted to be. It's who I wanted to be, so I started showing up more as I am and how I see myself or how I see my ideal self. So step one, full acceptance of your real self. Step two, align your real self with your perceived self. And step three, take steps toward your ideal self. That being said, we all have a perceived ideal and true self through the lens of the Enneagram. So if you're into the Enneagram, it may be worth reading through your favorite Enneagram book and seeing how your type may show up to other people, how your ideal self may look, and what the truth of who you are really is. But I would really encourage you to explore beyond the Enneagram first. See yourself through your own eyes before inviting in a book or another person to speak over you. Even if it's my book... I encourage you to do it on your own first. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Thank you for having this conversation on self with me. And I will see you tomorrow for the next one.